Podcast. <laughs> snow. It's snow. It's that may snow informing you of the snow that's coming down tonight. Oh, is that tonight? And Saturday, I heard. Uh, well, welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. And snow fan enthusiasm site. Yeah, this we're the snow we're the um snow fan base. That's all that's left. It's the two of us. <laughs> he, he was pretty good, alright. <laughs> this is episode 16-8. We're a video game music podcast focusing on great video game music of all consoles and all generations. We're Rocky Podcast now. <laughs> That's good. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Rocky Podcast out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with us. We just Rob decided out of nowhere to just look up snow. And Jim Carrey doing renditional jokes of snow from yeah. Old and Living Color. No, no, no. Shout, shout out to our listener, Bobby Arson, who posted the, the, the Old and Living Color uh, skit with Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey used to do all of these funny like rap routines. My favorite one to this day was when he did Vanilla Ice. Oh, that's so classic. And that, that, that famous so line is like, I told the world that I was shot, but it was a toilet paper cut. <laughs> <laughs> toilet paper cut. And then he goes, Youch. It was a fantastic Oh, it's good. Number. And he says, Word to your mother. And then he turns around and it's like bedazzled on his on the back, <laughs> on the back of, of his coat. On the back of his coat. Oh, man. And Living Color was great. Yes, it was. I really, I mean, it had its it had its problems, but there's it had, rumors of it coming back. Actually, really? I don't I don't know how it would work at this climate with the cast being as old as it is and as far separated as they are. Um, David, okay, before we even get into the show, David Allen Greer, though, he is in a new sitcom called The Cool Kids. Wait, what? And it's it's him and two other actors. No, I'm sorry, three other actors. I can't remember their names. One of them is um is on Will and, or used to be on Will and Grace, or maybe it's still on Will and Grace because it's back on the air. But they are in a senior citizen's home, and like they're the cool kids. They're the cool kids at their table, and they get <laughs> and they get on like crazy adventures at, at, at the retirement home. See, Ashley sounds like something I'd be interested in. You think, but it's just not. It's it's not like funny, you know. You know what I mean? It's it's that kind of sitcom, like Full House, like Aww. oh no, including yeah. the the canned the canned yum smiles and yeah, a, li- and a little bit. But then it has moments of like really funny stuff. So he told you. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love those. Ooh, they're kissing us. No, but seriously, I've been we've been working our way through Will and Grace, which is like eight seasons. I think we're on season five. It's just, funny. It's a funny show. There was a weird thing in the 90s of shows that were name and name like I might not maybe I'm mm. overthinking no, 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 it yeah, as far as I know there was like yeah. Darma and Greg I was just thinking that Will Dar- and Grace Darma and Greg Will and Grace uh, what was it Keenan and Kel Pete Pete and Pete, 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 Pete. <laughs> I was more like 80s and 90s. I guess it would be 90s but Pete and Pete Robin Purnell well, Rob, all the, that would be a weird show I know one what, guy, what one guy is constantly playing video games and facing existential crises, <laughs> and the other one is DDRing to his heart's content. Until my heart stops. <laughs> much. I got some stories about that later. Not my heart stopping, but um, other medical fun stuff going oh, on. Oh, yikes. Um, I mean, not medical. It's just gross body things. Ew. Dude, not on the show. <laughs> not on the show. Wouldn't it be weird if Robin Purnell had a show? <laughs> it happened in another timeline. Mm. 
But so. I got to point this out before I forget. This is a sort of top of the show thing. But no, yeah, this the, is more so. This me. is all top of the show. Like all like just. Whatever. But this is less normal stuff and more me having a guilty-ish conscience okay. of sorts. Yeah, yeah. So I did a review that hasn't come out yet, but it will be by the time this episode does. Did you talk about this a couple episodes back? I don't think. I probably mentioned right. it. Yeah. But the game is called Y2K. Yes, that's what it is. Now, it is an RPG that is Earthbound inspired, but it has a bunch of other randomness to it. I reviewed it, mm -hmm. and while I pretty much said, like, I, I said it's a try at minimum, like, worth trying if you're into quirky stuff. Yeah. There were just things that I feel like I forgot to mention, mm. and I'm just like, okay, yeah. I got to mention it here. Like, someone will listen to me. So, for one... The main, I think you'll laugh at this. Okay. The main character is insufferable. Okay. Yeah. He you has, said it had. You said it had. Tetis syndrome. Yeah, Tetis syndrome. Final Fantasy X. To the letter. Tetis syndrome. He's written well for the shit for the game, but as a person that's playing the game, he is insufferable. But it rates well for the environment that he's in. Inventory is also a pain to cycle through. There is no sub-menu system. There's no quick scroll button, and everything's on the same list. All equipment, key items, healing oh, items, everything. That's right. And it slow drags. You're like, tick, 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 tick. You're like, why in this age? Okay. What is it like a, a large uh, development comp like group? No, no, it's like one or two guys. There's your problem, right? So, not your problem, but like, but there's the cause. There's, the, there's what you have. You might have like a developer and uh, maybe a music composer or maybe an artist and a developer. If, if you don't have someone who's specifically looking at UI, you get stuff like that. And it's crazy too because on one hand, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm very, I tell myself I'm really lenient when it comes to game reviews because mm -hmm. I'll be blunt. There's all, there's generally something fun in every game. Which ends up being why I'm like, you should try the game. You might like it, but just right. listen to my words and know what you're getting into. That's yeah. the important part. You, yeah, you. I feel like when you approach reviews the way, the way, the way you approach games in general, where it's like, you know, I might like it. I like it a bit. You should really try it out. You know, you never. I don't think. Have you ever said like steer clear? Tokyo Tattoo Girls. Okay, yeah. And I will say that to the day the day I die, it'll be <laughs> written on my gravestone. Rest in here lies Pernell Vaughn. He does not want you to play Tokyo Tattoo Girls. So it's gotta be up there in the really bad pantheon of garbage. Yes. Okay. It wow. has to be atrocious. But with that said, there's also this weird window where you don't want to say don't buy this game mm. or not or right. whatnot. But at the same time, you're like very cautiously suggesting try like you can give it a shot but i find a lot of things to annoy me here like like long battles and stuff like that that may take a little too long it's like mm -hmm. the battles the, the battle system is cool when yeah. it works but it takes a long time you're like i need a speed button there is no speed button Ooh. well i need i need uh some sort of you know quick hit button a way to just jack up my stats real quick and just hit guys harder ain't really floating around with that mm. that's not enough she's like what am i supposed to do i don't imagine deal with it scaling like that it, when you're when you're creating an rpg creating scaling like that must be a really big challenge where it's like okay you want to maintain the pace of the game. That's where difficulty also levels like a lot come of like, in. Yeah, there's also like a lot of math involved. Yeah, I know, but like there's difficulty levels of your level of the character and maybe the levels of the enemies that you're fighting. But then what about the frequency of the fights and then the pacing of the fights? Like there's, there's a lot to... Well, they got the frequency down well. Yeah, okay, that's good. Cause monsters that, could, that show up that you can see on the screen and they don't respawn. Because that could be a problem. <laughs> Skies of Arcadia. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh that's a problem. I love that game. But, but, but I love that game because I played it at a time in my life 
where I had nothing but time. And you dreamed of sailing the skies. And it was like, oh, it's four in the morning. I guess I can keep playing. Rob's days where he wanted to be an airship pirate. Yeah. Like, all right, Dreamcast. was like, my Dreamcast got like all noisy at one point. It's like, <laughs> your chainsaw box. But yeah. that's what we like about him. That's what I loved about it. Because it wasn't just... Serial killer comes <laughs> to the door. I'm going to kill this family. And they hear, oh, someone's already doing no, no, their no. job. I'm going home. No, that's why he's at the door. Because like he couldn't get to sleep because he's my neighbor. <laughs> and the thing was going off. I'm going to get you. The Dreamcast was, it wasn't just a game system. It was also like a white noise machine. <laughs> Well, that was my PC. That was your PC? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't sleep with my computer off. Oh, man. I would just set the computer, let, let it run. Mm-hmm. And this was even before torrents in a lot of ways, where I would just let the thing sit and do it, just sit on. Yes. Turn the monitor off, though, because I didn't want Before burning. torrents, meaning like you would leave it on to like download torrents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, once torrents came, well, I would use it for that. But before right. that, I was like, I just let it run and go to bed. Well, and, to your right is a computer that's been on for like months now. Like but, months. And that thing's kicking it. That is our U- our 24-7 YouTube station. It is an awesome thing. Yeah. And I keep meaning to add new tracks to it, but I've been lazy. Yeah, me too. I was like killing myself, like like adding playlists and adding new music and then doing this and doing that. So I'll get back to it, but I feel like I just want to enjoy my life a little bit more right now. You should. That's something you want to do. If I the do. option is there, especially in this crazy it world is. of ours. It's all right there. It. I'm just going to do it. I took some time off. I'm going to do some stuff around the house, but then I'm also going to, you know, I'm going to play some games. I'm going to go, I'm going to go out to eat. If it snows, maybe I'll play some games. Build a snowman. I can build a snowman. Yeah. yeah see? There's a meadow outside. And I'll build <laughs> that snowman. And if it comes to life, Lord You'll name it us. Parson Brown. Parson. I'll name it um, Carson Daly. Well, that also <laughs> works. All right, so we've been talking for a while, um, and I've just been holding on to this all night, and I haven't told you, Pernell. The topic of the episode? Our topic today is... <laughs> I'm glad... Uh, it feels so good to get that off my chest. Whew! It's, um, it's comics. We're talking about comics. We're talking about Whoopi Goldberg? Yes. Why did you think comics? You immediately go to Whoopi Goldberg. No, she's recognizable. She's not very funny. Not George Carlin. Well, I love George Carlin, but that guy is more of like a prophet half the darn time. Yeah. It feels. I like mean, we're just talking an about like, um, David Allen Greer. Yeah, I yeah. should have said David Allen Greer right, or yeah. Jim Jim Carrey or Carrie Jim Jim Carrey. Jeremy Carey. Anyway, this is a comics. We're talking about American comics, primarily in like the Marvel DC kind of place, right? Not I mean, necessarily. Not necessarily, but I know I did. <laughs> I almost did, but then a thing's a memory kicked in. I was like, I should try to look for yeah. that. I did, but so, we'll see. If you're listening to the show, being like looking for nerd cred, you ain't gonna find it on this side of the table because. I know I don't I've never really read Marvel comics so much. I've watched a lot of these movies. I'm glad that they're popular now because they're really entertaining. I I already admit that I don't get my nerd cred from knowledge. I get my nerd cred from the glasses and the bling in high school. I thought you said bling. Also the bling. I got my pocket protector. I got my big wallet with the cool Mega Man sticker on it. I don't have that sticker on, but I really want one for my wallet. Actually, I got some nerd cred in my my book bag, in my uh, my knapsack, in my man purse, my man sack. It's it's a uh, the guy. Anyway, the guy across the street. Um, nice old guy. He passed away a few months ago, oh. and they're going through an estate sale. And Wait, the guy from over here that we helped with the groceries that time? Yeah, this podcast. Oh no! I'm so sorry to tell you this. Oh man, he was so nice. He was a super nice old guy. 
um, and uh, I bought his watch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, well, that's a memory for of them then. Yeah, well, it's super. It's it's old. It's 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 a. When I looked it up, it's a 1980s uh, Psycho digital watch. It's like super nerdy, um, and it was one of the watches that was used in the movie Aliens. Hmm. So there you go. There's <laughs> my crib. You guys, you I push, got retro it's a, vintage it's a pacemaker. But yeah, I'm really sorry to tell you that. I I, I didn't mean. I thought I, I thought you knew. I thought I told you. How would I know? There's like, I mean, there's the for sale sign out there. He could have moved to a senior center. I don't know. He was very sick. He was very friendly. He was. He was. In these little neighborhoods, it's nice to meet friendly old people and not, you know, scary, angry, racist old people. I have met those. Yeah, so we both have. What are you doing in front of my house? Ch ch checking the mailbox number because I'm in a strange neighborhood. Oh, boy. Well, let's get into some music and we can keep unpacking this. Okay, for my first track, I picked... What are you doing there by the old folks chorus from the game, Get Out of My Neighborhood? What are you doing there? <laughs> oh, God. I don't trust you lots. All right. Um, so, actually, it's, it's an even-numbered episode, so I'm, I'm going to kick things off. So you're picking a track from I'm that picking, game. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, yes, from that game. It's a terrible, horribly offensive game. It's probably the only one of the only games that you're going to... Senior Citizen Psycho review. Squad. Yeah. It's got a... No, it's, it's ironic. Gonna kick it in the low gear. <laughs> All right, so this is from the X-Men arcade game. Oh. <clears throat> so we started this show off kind of like getting into a little bit of nostalgia. And this is my nostalgia. I cannot... And this is another reason I picked this song is that it is like 10 degrees outside and snowing. And every time I hear this music, I think of the beach. Because mm -hmm. I, that's where I played this game. And that's lot. where you want to be. <laughs> that's where I want to be. So this is called Here Comes the Hero from the X-Men arcade game composed by Seiichi Fukami, Yuji Takanoichi, Junya Nakano, and A. Hashimoto. Here comes the hero. show started with some uh, some energy some high energy from the x-men arcade game this is here comes the hero doo -doo -doo -doo. <laughs> composed by seiichi fukami yuji takanuichi junya nakano and a hashimoto let me tell you man here comes the heroes 
Oh, no, 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 not the heroes. This is, as the song really wants you to know, here comes the X-Men, because oh, yeah. it can't stop. We were joking about this at one point where when it comes to the OST to this game, it's a solid OST. Oh, it's very good. But for some reason, it's almost like they thought that people would show up to the arcade to play this game and then halfway through forget what they were doing or what <laughs> game they were playing. So they had to constantly say X-Men at some uh, point in every track. This is such a great game. So I mean, X-Men. I mean, it's such a classic arcade game that so many kids, so many people our age and around our age really know it because it was, oh, was it eight players? Now, I think this one was still four. No, 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 no. no. Was like, this was, was like, eight. This is the one that had the white screen. Yeah, it, so was a, well, it, it was like that. two or three monitors all put together. I uh, remember the characters. It was Colossus, Nightcrawler, Dazzler, Cy- Jubilee. Cyclops. Oh, it wasn't Jubilee. It was just Dazzler. Just Dazzler. And Wolverine. Yeah, Wolvie. And we said, we did say Colossus, right? Yeah, you said Colossus. I think we named everybody. Rogue might have been in there. No, not Rogue. Oh, Storm. Rogue. Storm. Storm was in Storm was in it, definitely. I remember because... Um, so I'll, I'll talk about my nostalgia for this game in a minute, but we, this was at that local barcade, 1984, and we played this for a while. And I forgot, like, beat 'em ups can be fun. This one is like one of the early beat 'em ups, so it was like kind of, kind of lost interest after a while. But when you're a kid, you just want to get to the end. But when you're an adult, you're like, okay, I've kicked this guy enough now. But I remember, like, okay, I had a couple beers, but I was laughing so hard because the kick button for Cyclops was like right in the groin, and he just walk around like groin kick. Groin kick. Groin kick. <laughs> it just made me laugh. It makes me think a lot when it comes to beat em ups, especially in the as an adult. Because you, you made that parallel or distinction just now, mm-hmm. and I think it's worth going back to. Yeah, yeah. When we were kids and arcade games were being released, the easiest things to do were TV tie-ins and beat em ups. Combine those two together, oh, and you perfect. had this, the lineup of beat em ups we got. And every one of them had the exact same format, almost to the letter. You had guys who had, in most cases, had very little things to make them different from each other. You had a basic attack button and a jump kick, a special move. That was it. Right. So and that special move usually like drained your your life bar because there had to be some kind of balance. You to keep you spam it, so you keep throwing quarters in the thing. So you were like, you were thinking, okay, this would get tired. But no, as kids, we loved doing it every single time. Mm-hmm. We wanted to see where our favorite TV show characters were going to go next, and what guy would they have to beat up yeah, next? Yeah, like yeah, it's just. You get to see Iron Man. You get to see all these cool robots. But like moving around, you get to control them and be them. You know that was it's a it's a fun thing for a kid. But the here's where it gets interesting. Though mm-hmm. once we become adults and we go back and reevaluate all the beat 'em ups from the past and the ones that came out past since mm-hmm. then, yeah, something interesting, something interesting happens. Admittedly, I still have fun with games like The Simpsons and Turtles. I'm not going to be like so they're terrible oh, games, man. No, that's insane. They're not bad. However, the ones that Define things and took and shook it up a bit. They're the ones that stand out. Like there's a reason to me why games like Streets of Rage right. work so much better. Like the first one, not so much because that was still felt fairly generic. Mm. But with two and then later three, all the enemies, most of the enemies, had distinct things that made them unique from the other enemies. Well, if I could, um, Streets of Rage was not a port of an arcade game. It was designed for the console. Oh, no, no, keep in mind that you're saying that, but I'm the arcade saying, games were made in the arcade. Yeah, but they were made with, like... In, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, they it was like made made to the, take your money. Well, that's the thing. is, I don't think that in itself is the only thing that's the issue. The only thing that the take your money distinction mm-hmm. falls into is mm-hmm. just how hard to make the game. Okay, yeah. But there's nothing that's... You can, so for example, you can take Streets of Rage, slap it in an arcade, give all the enemies 
you know, more health and unbreakable combos, <laughs> and then boom, you have an arcade game. Right, right. But the thing that makes Streets of Rage unique in, to me is like the characters feel legitimately different. Oh, you mean all the different characters you could choose from? And the characters you fight. Like, you know, whenever you see the guy with the jacket, he's going to do slide kicks sometimes. Yeah, yeah, the fat yeah. guy blows fire and dashes at you. And it's like the robots have the extendo mm-hmm. punches. Whereas when you think about, say, Ninja Turtles, you had the foot soldiers, yeah. the Mausers, and yeah, you had the foot soldiers that eventually came with the gun that shot across the screen, which was the state. It was one. like purple foot soldier, uh, the foot soldier in the white thing, and the foot soldier in the orange thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And later on, he started giving them costumes, but ultimately, their actual function didn't mm-hmm. change. Yeah. The only real thing that changed about them was eventually the ones that had the uh, guns. So, we're probably going to talk about turtles later, so I'll bring that up later. Um, what's funny, what made me think about the whole, um, these, what made me think about these beat-em-ups eating up money is I recently heard an interview on the Retronauts podcast. It was the developer of NBA Jam. He is now one of the leads, like, developers and creators at Zynga doing mobile games, like, oh. match three games. And it's because it's almost, it's almost, it's nearly identical um, the same models, like the same uh, uh, monetization models. Where in the arcade, we can get that first quarter, but what are we going to do to get that second one and third one? And it, on a handheld device, it's like, okay, we got you now for free. Now, what can we do to make you put some money into this thing? Make you want to feel as though you want to progress in the game Ex- without waiting to come back and exactly. do it later with like more a, health. Like balancing it of like, oh, how long is this going to take? You know, they don't uh, like care. how much do you really want to do it? They don't bank on people mm-hmm. like me, though. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of people like both of us, bro. That is true. But yeah, I thought that was a very interesting. So it's called the Retronauts uh, podcast. They do a lot more history type stuff. So if you want to like some actual history and actual facts, well, on, then sit on, down and on grab a glass games. of lemon juice. Yeah, on the history of video games. Don't listen to us. Listen to them. No, no, no. We can tell you some great tales. <laughs> I can tell you a tale of the X Men arcade game being a kid and going to the Rehoboth Beach Boardwalk every year and just playing this thing from start to finish and just the smell of the ocean and the smell of thrasher's french fries with vinegar it was and the smell of cigarette smoke because you know in the early 90s it was just everywhere see and i can tell you the tale of that time that one summer back in 1987 where a group of friends and i managed to stumble across a weird prototype nintendo cart in a back alley (laughs) and when we found it and put it into the system and pushed power it turned out that that cart actually contained the code to a secret launch base out in mexico oh now i don't know why it existed in you know delaware and how we came across it but it resulted in a Uh cross-country adventure to get it to operatives in los angeles california while nintendo representatives and executives Mm -hmm. that were armed were chasing (laughs) after us across the country it was a wild and crazy adventure there was love excitement Mm -hmm. drama trauma it had everything. You know, my... St- and a chill soundtrack. You know what that makes me think, Pernell? My story was so boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an awesome summer. Like, well, you, I mean, you had one crazy summer. I did. You, I did. I even hitchhiked at one point. You've lived. <laughs> <laughs> crazy wild, man. Oh, this is another night where we're not drinking. <laughs> we're just God. being stupid. This is being stupid with a dash of exhaustion. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into some more music. You're up. What's what, what, what did you bring? Well, I'm not even. Sh- I picked this track <laughs> at one point during one of my. This will be great for a future episode. And now I don't remember what it sounds like. So here's the hope, and it doesn't suck, guys. Oh come on! This you is- wouldn't you wouldn't have put it on a list if it sucked. 
you'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I will be the judge. Um, this track is from the NES game Superman, and the track is just called Daily Planet, and it's composed by Hiroyuki Masuno and Ryu Hasegawa. That scoop at the Daily Planet. And it also sounds like we're being chased by ghosts. Ghosts with <laughs> news stories. Ghosts with a hot scoop. Um, this track is called Daily Planet. Right. And it's from the game Superman on the NES, composed by Hiroyuki Masuno and Ryu Hasegawa. I never owned this game, but I did rent it at least three times from West Coast Video. And oh, I remember man, so little about it. I just remember it being really difficult. And like you have like you have to, have to I feel like you actually even had to go to phone booths to change the Superman sometimes. And you could fly. Yes, I do remember that. And I remember the, the the run cycle wasn't really it wasn't weird. It was just it was almost like in a floaty where you would run kind of slow, then speed up super 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 fast, and then you can like jump really high. I guess that was kind of you flying. Yeah, you had the super yeah. jump that he has. You had the you had the heat vision too as a power up. But it was a game that I honestly, now that I've picked it for this episode, I might go back and play it just to get that nostalgia trip because, like I said, I've played this in the past. And what's funny is I figured a comic book episode, I should pick a track from a Superman game. And then I started to think, what other Superman games are there? And I cried because oh, it's yeah. hard to believe that for him being one of the, well, these days I feel like he's tapered off a bit, but he's one of the most iconic U.S. Yeah. superheroes. So and most of his games are trash. So well known. The, most of these games. I, wait, can you think of one? That isn't trash? Yeah. This I is the closest one. I can only think of two, and that's this one and Superman 64. That game is, no, that game is garbage. That's not much of a game. That, that game <laughs> that is game notoriously is like, bad. That game is like a really crappy pilot wings. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I mean, he's cameoed in other games with a whole, like, a fuller roster, like the Injustice games, for example. They're fighters. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but yeah. as far as, like, games that Superman himself has starred in. Now, keep in mind, folks, maybe I'm forgetting some games, like, on the PS2 or something. Maybe there was a Lois and Clark the New Adventures of Superman video game that is just eluding me because I intentionally dodged the living daylights out of it. But mm, I I'm sure I'm sure there's something we just haven't. If you can think of a Superman game that didn't involve him being a part of an ensemble yeah. that wasn't a bad game, let us know, hmm. because I, I can't think of one. Superman's got that problem that, I, that you see in a lot of comic books where he's got so many, like, so many powers. He's got so many pluses, not enough minuses. He's got one big minus, so that when he goes up against all these bad guys, it's like, well, why doesn't he just... Turn them into ice and then shoot them with his laser eyes and because then fly he's a them away. Oh, that's his other problem. Yeah, that's the real problem. He's a pacifist. Otherwise, he's unstoppable. Because it's funny. Two things. One, I always find it absolutely hysterical <laughs> that in almost every Superman adventure, they always find kryptonite. Like, oh yeah, it's, it should be the biggest secret. It is a mineral that is housed on a no longer existent planet, <laughs> and yet it is in copious amounts. <laughs> <laughs> 
enough to stop him in every every episode or every issue. Now, the other thing about Superman that always throws me for a bit of a loop mm-hmm. is the fact that, quite frankly, I don't get how it is that he is ever beaten or how people can't get a good a game. I'm sorry, not beaten. I'm sorry, rewind. Right. I don't understand how it is that companies can't make a good game for Superman. Right. He's very... He's cookie cutter in the sense that he is one of the first. So a lot of other superheroes were built off of things that Superman brought to the table. Mm -hmm. So he has the basics. He can jump high. He can fly. He's strong. Right. He fights Nazis. He fights Nazis. Yeah. Anyone can make a game about that. Wolfenstein, starry Superman. Um, (laughs) But Superstein. You just take what he can do and know that he fights crazy guys. Mm -hmm. Make a game on it. Make an arcade beat em up based off of Superman. Yeah. And give Jimmy Olsen powers for player two. It is funny that they put him in those fighting games. Um, the, the, the NRS, Nether Realm Studios. Is that? Yeah, that's the name of it. Because they, they make Mortal Kombat, and so they've also made Injustice. Oh, okay. Which I always, those games are, they, to me, they always feel so awkward because everyone's kind of leaning forward. They did this motion capture of people moving, and they've just sort of. Embraced that style, but unfortunately, I feel like they just get people looking really stiff. When if you do something more um, hand drawn, you can make it more animated and stylized. Anyway, what is Superman doing in that game? I don't know. What is the deal? <laughs> what is the deal with Superman? What is the deal with Superman breaking people's backs? It's kind of funny you make this Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> reference. This, if I remember correctly, he was a big fan of Superman in his show too. Oh so yeah, just yeah. a little tie in there. Uh, but as Oz is going to sail, mm. I think we need to take your next track because I'm starting to feel anxious. Yeah, this is very yeah. <laughs> the daily there's something wrong at the Daily Planet. People are overworked, overtired. <laughs> the news never stops. Overworked and underpaid. <laughs> no, that's why the music's playing is because they're being replaced by internet. All top and top. Working the internet. It's, yeah, it's it's all social media now. All right, so now we are moving. On. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it eight bit. We're going into the Game Boy now. This is stage one. From the Amazing Spider-Man for the Nintendo Game Boy, composed by Tommy Tallarico. One from The Amazing Spider-Man for the Nintendo Game Boy, composed by Tommy Tallarico. This got you moving. 
Can I have it's got a good beat, fond right? memories of this track and this sounds good? Oh, I know. It's, again, this wasn't like one of the best... It's an early Game Boy game. It's, yeah, it was, one of, the, it was yeah. one of the first two years. But man, it's it was fun because it was, because it was like one of the first ones. I remember the the original, like one of the older um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Game Boy games. Oh, like, Fall of the Foot Clan. Fall of the Foot Clan. It wasn't great, but it worked. But like we wanted turtles on the Game Boy, and we got it. and we wanted Spider Man on the Game Boy. Well, you got to yeah, figure though, go. before the Game Boy, the mm. closest thing we had to handheld games was Tiger Electronics. And anybody who legitimately, <laughs> I understand fond nostalgia for yeah, them, I but do. to outright say I like Tiger Electronics, you'll have to explain that to me. <laughs> because even when Tiger Electronics was the only game in town, I hated mm, them. Yeah. Like I tried to like them because it was the cool thing to like, and I was like, these aren't fun. Right. But, but when they all these games mm. were dropping on game was like even being like mediocre in some cases, it was just the fact that it was a game that you could play in your pocket with yeah. four AA batteries. It was fantastic to have that option and. The Spider-Man game was weird in its own right. I remember, like, I feel like it was, I think I know it was the second level for sure, but it might have been a recurring theme in mm-hmm. some of the stages where you had to climb a building and like pots, like potted plants would fall down and try to hit Spider-Man. Yeah, like who are these angry old ladies? Like, get this <laughs> spider off my building! Yeah, and, like it never made sense to me. And then I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, this is how I know I haven't been sleeping very well. But <laughs> while this tracks the plane, my thought went to like the idea of Spider-Man's webbing. Like, did they ever address in mm. the comics or the movies or the ki- or the game cartoons if that his webbing like dissolves over time? Oh yeah, or something yeah. like that. Because you figure he's like zipping all across town, leaving <laughs> web on all the buildings and on the ground. Yeah, no, it's just who's cleaning that up? It just like hardens. Like it's like silly string, you know. Like if the kids go around the if, if kids go around your neighborhood and they silly string like the stop signs, and then like a week later it's still there. Like it's not. It's gonna be there for a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's on one hand it pulls right off and you can smash it up, but it's still there. Yeah. And I also wonder in this sense because like Spider-Man, let's say for example, you know, he catches a criminal and yeah. he wraps the criminal in all this webbing for the cops to come pick him up. Imagine the arbiter say, "Oh, he caught the criminal. Now we gotta get this freaking webbing off. How do we do it? Did anybody bring a knife? <laughs> well, this knife isn't strong enough. We gotta go back to the lab for this one. That, that's why in the new Marvel universe he joins Shield. So that shield is actually a cleanup crew, and they're going around with like a dissolvent or a solvent, <laughs> and they're trying to. That'll be a post-credit scene it's for you. It's goo gone. Like I'm really tired of or, Spider-Man just leaving web everywhere. Uh, they don't pay us enough for this. Why is there more over here than there is over there? The bad guys are going this way. Did he just get excited and just was like, <laughs> misfire? <laughs> but like, yeah, I. Why? Why is it over here? He's actually spelling his name out. <laughs> He's clearly tagging the city. He's Spider-Man, but he wrote out Peter Parker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think he's just trying to throw us off his trail. He he figures that if we go look for this Peter Parker guy, we won't won't be able to figure out who the real Spider-Man is. He wants everyone to think that Spider-Man hates Peter Parker. Oh, there. So they can never be the same person. Never be the same person. Never be the same person. Oh, right, Superman, by the way. Put these glasses on. Oh, there's no way you're Superman. You're obviously Clark Kent. No, that works, man. You ever try that? Yes! (laughs) Yes, I've tried that. You take, you take your glasses off. You look like someone different. And then I fall down the stairs and just clear I need glasses. <laughs> so that doesn't uh, work so well. No. But I just, that always irked me. Like, Lois Lane's like, what are you doing here, Smallville? You don't know what you're talking mm. about. Superman's a real man. He's like, goes to the bathroom, takes his glasses. Like, oh, my God, Superman's here. Like, Where do you God, you are really dumb. Does he, like, deflate all of his muscles? No, <laughs> that's he, the thing. They're still there. What he wears is like his shirt. Uh, every every version of the Superman show where they had to find muscles for him. Yeah. 
Clark Kent and Superman both had muscles. Like you could see that Clark Kent was a muscular man with glasses on. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you, you're such a nerd. At least, small. at least Batman had a mask, right? Yeah, that's true. That Batman, he, 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 he masked, the whole mask off the nose. He masked it so like, so I'm I'm Bruce Wayne. How you doing? But then I'm Batman. Yeah. So then, but then Superman's like, oh hey, you know I'm Clark Kent. He didn't even change his voice. And then um, he's Superman. And he's like, oh, I'm Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah. It's Suddenly, like, I'm more confident and attractive. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make sense. And I mean, like, yeah, even though Batman's movies, like they got, they got like a, they went nutter, nuttier with the deeper voice for him. I feel like his other renditions, like you know, the Kevin Conroy version and all, he didn't. He barely. He changed his voice, but not all that much. But it was still enough to be like, this guy sounds different. Yeah. You know. So it. Yeah. Again, just like, Spider Man. Superman, all these men. Who? Wait, there was like a like a, a drama on TV called Lois and Clark, right? Yeah, the new, that's what I mentioned earlier. The New Adventures of Superman, the video game that I'm wagering someone's going to say you missed out on the New Adventures of Superman was, video was game that, on the PlayStation okay, One. I'm probably way off. Was that Dean Kane? Yes. Okay, that was exactly who all it was. I remember. All I know of Dean Kane now are those crazy Hallmark. Like romance movies. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, we watch them every once How in a the while. How mighty have fallen! They yeah, are. he probably makes more money from They're those. Funny. Netflix is making them now. They're really funny. Oh mercy! Like the uh, the princess swap stuff like that. <laughs> So, they're so tired of oh, ruling their so own respective bad. kingdoms, and they, they, they're all friends. They go to meet up at the diner one day, and they go, you know, it'd be nice. No, she goes... I bet your kingdom's easier to rule than my kingdom. She's a baker, and she's going to a baking competition in, like, Bulgaria or something, but there's a woman there who looks exactly like her, and she's and, a princess, and they want to swap for the day so that she can see what it's like being a common girl. <laughs> and, of course, she falls in love with the prince. But what's so funny is that at the end of that movie or whatever, they're... Her and the prince. Her and the prince are like watching. They they go. Oh, let's just stay in and watch a movie. And they turn on Netflix, and the Netflix logo comes up, and then it's like a whole bunch of other crappy Hallmark movies show up on the screen. See, they would have made that movie better if it became it's meta, amazing. and they put on Netflix. It's so and meta. And that show, and that movie shows up on Netflix. That Wait a minute. Funny. Someone made a movie oh, about us, and it becomes this whole part two where they try to investigate. Who these people were that knew about their Freaky Friday incident and how to stop them from ruining yeah. the world. I forget which other movie showed up on that screen, but I was like, oh, I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. All right, so we're on to your next track, Pernell. Yes, and I'm not sure which one to choose, so I'm going to go with this one, and I'll figure out the last one last. Okay. This is from a game that I forgot existed, and I haven't even played it. This is a rarity for me, mm -hmm. but I like the comic and stuff so much that I'm picking it anyway. This is from the game Snoopy versus the Red Baron. Oh man, on the I love PlayStation this one. Two. Oh, and no, this I was thinking the, of the NES game. Oh no, I don't even remember an NES game, but we'll talk about yeah, that we'll later. About that. Yeah, we can talk about that. This is the boss battle track, and funny enough, also composed by Tommy Tallarico. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, all right, he's a fantastic composer. I mean, listen to this Game Boy track. Like he's he's really making it like sing. There's a little siren sound. Right. Snoopy versus the Red Baron.
Welcome back. You're listening to the boss battle theme from the game Snoopy vs. the Red Bearing on the PlayStation 2, composed by Tommy Tallarica. Mm. Now, I've never played this game. I only know of its existence from just seeing trailers for it back in the day. Not even trailers, actually, because this is before the days of 2Ube, or sort of had YouTube, but it was like the fledgling version. Right. Um, but it basically was just like a, it was a dog fighting style game featuring a dog named <laughs> Snoopy and. You know his uh, his oh. uh, his alter ego, where he gets yeah. on top of the doghouse and he mm-hmm. flies the plane. Yeah, so I have I have seen a lot of playthroughs of this. I don't think I've ever played it. It's, it's actually it looks really good for a PlayStation game. The funny thing PlayStation is like, One game. When I was looking into it, people oh, wait, were no, this saying is PlayStation Two. Yeah, this one on PS2. It has some ports uh, though. But like, uh, it had like a lot of people that seem to talk about it online all have fond memories of it, which makes yeah. me think maybe it really was a legitimately mm-hmm. good game. But like most of my memories of this. The reason why I picked it is just because of my general fondness for the penis. I have, oh, I love Snoopy. There's a funny little reference to that. I actually played Snoopy at a grade school play. What? Yeah. I played Snoopy the dog in the sixth grade in the You're a Good Man Charlie Brown play. Oh, I love it. And I think there's like a VHS of it at my house somewhere. <laughs> no out kidding. The muck somewhere. We got we to get that, no, we get we that don't. on the internet. No, we got we, we to show our listeners. No, they, we, got, they need to see this. No, we don't. I was the tallest Snoopy that ever existed. <laughs> but I did a bang-up job as that dog. Let me tell you, oh. nobody's done a better Snoopy than me. <laughs> and I had to do the Red Baron scenes, too, which were amazing. Because yeah. you figure as a child... You're typically up there with a bunch of other kids doing the scenes, but mm. the Snoopy and the Red Baron scenes were all just Snoopy having like inner monologues that he speaks out to the audience. So I'm like sitting up on the stage for like a good five to ten minutes, just like talking out like, oh, I'm running out of juice. I'm going down. I'm going down. Oh, nope. Here we go. Going to drag up. You're not going to take me today, Red Baron, you <laughs> stupid, silly face. I'm going to run this town like funny. a dog in heat. He never, um, it's funny because he never talked, right? And he didn't even have any thought bubbles like Garfield. Yeah, which made it interesting because yeah. for the play, for, for the purpose play, of the play, he's gotta, he's he had to talk. speak. And did you sing? I had to sing. Oh, nice. Oh, I sang like, I a, got like a canary. <laughs> I told them everything. <laughs> Everybody, what's my favorite dog food? Don't want you to know. But, but like, the the um yeah, the only Snoopy game that I remember, and I played a lot, I used to keep renting it. I don't think I owned it. It was the Snoopy Sports Challenge for the NES. And there, it was like a bunch of mini games. It was very much like um, caveman sports. Where okay. It was like, yeah. Caveman games. I remember Caveman that. games, right. Where it was like shot put. Um, but in Snoopy, I think it was, I think it was Did like throw wood stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think he just threw stones. But in, um, <laughs> in caveman games, it was wife toss. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, you throw people. Um, yeah, strange times. <laughs> we well, lived. The I don't cave- think that was a licensed game. That's the caveman thing. I feel like that was like a main trope for like cavemans mm-hmm. in general. Because like I think back on a lot of old cavemen, and it was always something. Like there was I remember there was like a particular garbage pail kid that I liked. Mm-hmm. Name like it was like Harry Gary. And it was Gary dragging his wife by her hair like a caveman. And then there yeah. was a, then there was a companion card called Harry Carey, and she was dragging Gary by his hair. <laughs> and it was like a pretty cool thing. So like I, this was like one of my first like experiences with cavemen was just seeing these two cards, like Harry Carey and Harry Gary. I'm glad that your experiences with cavemen were th- through cards. Garbage pail kids, <laughs> yeah. man. Everything in my life is garbage pail kids. Not kid. scarred for life by playing video games. Oh, never. We should do a caveman game theme, like themed episodes. We can do a lot of that. Like There's jo- a lot of Joe them. and Mac and Bonk. Just don't, uh, don't give it away. I'm telling you. But yeah, there it is. Write it on a piece of paper because caveman is a topic. Captain Captain Caveman. I'm, actually, I bet there was a Captain I'm sure there caveman was, yeah. game. Captain Caveman was like a three or four minute short that used to play during 
Rocky and Bullwinkle episodes. Wait, what? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, maybe it was, but my knowledge, Captain Caveman had his own cartoon, and then later they had that weird version on the Flintstone Kids where it was Captain Caveman and Son. And Son. Right, they had to be a little one. (laughs) And Son. This is a very, like, big-sounding song. Like, it's very dangerous. Oh, I mean, it's gotta be a, it's gotta be an epic battle between Snoopy and his adversaries because mm-hmm. he was flying that plane, shooting down ships and planes and mm-hmm. battleships, and eventually the Red Baron himself. It's also really cool to hear, um, the amazing Spider-Man Tommy Tallarico composing for the Game Boy, which is an older game, to the PlayStation Two now with streaming audio. It sounds like a full orchestra. You know, well, I mean, it goes well with composer. where his trajectory. Because I mean, like uh, we talked about earlier, we're yes. going to play. Now yeah. he's doing video games live. Right. I so mean, he, like yeah, he's putting together whole like orchestrated, you know, almost like music festival type stuff. Who knows? Maybe there's like maybe they'll get an interview with him go on one day, and it'll be revealed that when I after, when he was doing the come, come the soundtrack for Snoopy versus the Red Baron, he realized he had a thing for orchestral soundtracks. I was I like, you know, I could do yeah. video games live. I would love to hear that. Maybe maybe we should talk to him. Like, what brought you, what gave you the idea to do video games live? Well, there's this video game called Snoopy versus the Red Baron, you see. What? <laughs> like, oh, Tommy's off his meds again. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, but the magic happened. Yes, Tommy, you listen to Snoopy. <laughs> now, just come on over here. <laughs> Take your pills. Take your pills. All right, so my next track is from Marvel versus Capcom. What do you think about that? Is this, are you going to take us for a ride? I am not. This is from the first Marvel vs. Capcom with a decidedly different kind of sound sounding soundtrack. Definitely because it's on a different. It is on a different sound chip. I think it's a it's a it's a YM like Yamaha FM synth sound chip. Maybe a couple of those with a lot of samples in it, but it's definitely not like the smooth jazz of Marvel Capcom two, which I do like. This is the theme of Venom from Marvel vs. Capcom in the arcade composed by Masato Kauda and Yuko Takehara. This is the theme of Venom from the game Marvel vs. Capcom for the arcade, composed by Masato Kouda and Yuko Takehara. And I picked this track over some of the other songs in this game because it's, it's all over the place. I think I feel like it's almost two different songs, if you will. <laughs> it kind of mimics the uh, the character of Venom, right? Yeah, it does have a kind of a different shift back and forth, like mm-hmm. just that lead in the... Yeah, and then... um. 
does this kind of weird like jazz fusion thing in the middle, and then the drums pick up. And it's funny you picked this track, or not mm-hmm. that you picked this track, but it's what they it reminded me of something I didn't even think about, which is that I forgot the fact that the original Marvel Capcom had the characters' themes play whenever they jumped out. Yeah. And I, I kind of missed that. Because <laughs> Marvel Capcom 2, while its OST was spectacular, mm-hmm. it... I feel like it lost a little bit of themeage in the form of like characters themes not playing. It did. I feel they they had music for mainly for the stages. Yeah, like stage music. It was all stage themes. But in yeah, Marvel Capcom and then in the other Marvel superheroes fighting games, they had it was mainly like music composed for the characters. So I think it was because it was Capcom was still in the habit of like, oh, okay, this is Ryu's theme, this is Guile's theme, you know, this is Chun Li's theme. Now this is Spider Man's theme, this is Venom's theme. But that's the thing, though. They went back to that because Tatsunoko versus Capcom did that too. Yes, they did. I think they did that also for Marvel Capcom three. Did they? I think so. But I was never really interested in the um, the Marvel superheroes like fighting games when they came out. And then Marvel Capcom came out, and suddenly I was interested because it was like, wait a minute, I can have um, uh, Ryu fight against Venom. Like, that's so crazy. I kid you not, the only reason I bought it is because of Mega Man. Yeah, and once I saw Mega Man, I'm like, that's over. That's it. (laughs) That's amazing. the sole reason I bought the game. He was so hard hard to play effectively against. Whoa, no! I I thought so. Tornado Ho! Tornado Ho! Only thing that sucked was the rock ball wasn't very usable for me. Yeah, you had to get rid of that real fast. The original Marvel Capcom had some really cool um, things you could do with uh, the Ryu character where he could, like, change into Ken, he could change into Akuma. Um, that was always really neat. There's a lot of cool stuff in this game. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't mind going back to it and dabbling. Really someday. good fighting game. This is this was a this came out. This actually came out during a time where I worked at that arcade Funscape, and I got it really got me into fighting games at that time. I was playing, I was playing Alpha Three, Street Fighter Alpha Three. I was playing a whole lot of um, Street Fighter EX Three. Kind of makes you wonder, and this yeah. is something to ask you as like since you're actually into fighting game. Do you think there's a market for Capcom to do a retro fighting game, as in graphics similar to the graphics in Marvel Capcom 1? I think now... Oh, yeah, I think now more than ever. I think now more than ever, because they just re- they just released the uh, like the Capcom thir- like Street Fighter 30th Anniversary... Oh, that collection, collection. of Street Fighters? And you can play, like, every alpha version. You can, and you can play every, like, Super Street Fighter Turbo whatever version. It's really amazing. And, yeah, but and, that's more so to play, like, the old game. But I mean, like, a no, new game yeah. done, like, old stuff. I think so. I, I, I really do think so will they do it probably not I yeah mean, capcom is just they lost their way in some respects they just pernell <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole episode topic yeah the foibles of capcom the pernell I, I meant to say capcom but instead i said pernell please. the foibles of pernell that's uh, an episode too he just keeps eating spicier things <laughs> i would love to see that though like a pixelated maybe throwback fighting game but using the power uh, and, and the know-how of today. Yeah. That'd so be really cool. Because I would be all about that. Like, sprite-based. Yeah. Also, go a little further and weirder, a, another Mega Man fighting game that's actually a fighting game. And when I say that, I have to, I have to clarify because right. there was the Mega Man Power Battles games, but they weren't really fighters. They mm-hmm. were just 1v1 gun games. Like, it's almost like Mega Man um, boss battles right. so, in the sequence. The thing is, with, with Mega Man... Uh, what were the power battles? Power battles was like when I played the games, I usually get to the boss and then I would die almost immediately. And I had to play them through a few times until I can rem- memorize this is what their attack patterns are. Okay, you put that in the arcade and it's just there's no stage, it's just boss. 
and you're just fighting the boss, and you're gonna have to play it over and over again until you get the patterns down again. And the thing about uh, that that makes me sad is that I while never, I never got into it, it's like while I did enjoy fighting bosses mm. and knowing you learning the boss weapon routine, though admittedly by like Mega Man Four, I stopped using boss weapons against bosses, right. but. Um, that's the joy to it, but to me, the real joy of the games is the running gun platform stages. So with yeah. Mega Man Power Battles just being the boss fights, right. it takes, the, to me, what the essence of the Mega Man games were out of them. Yeah, but it's so funny. There used to be a time in the early 90s and the late 80s where in the arcade there were side-scrolling games, like side-scrolling action games. Yeah, uh, uh, Ristin, or yeah. Ristin or whatever. Rast. Ristar. Trojan. Not Ristar. Um... You wish it was Rust. Yeah, I wish it was Rust. No, I was probably just thinking of Rastin. But, like, at some point, it was like, no, no, no. It's got to be like a fighting game. It's got to have something with a definite end to it. It's got to be, uh, if you even beat em ups, kind of fell out of, um, kind of fell out of, uh, I think the problem with uh, the beat em ups, though, yeah. was that, and the reason why I think arcades shifted away from them is the fact that, in addition to games needing to eat your quarters, as well, there's a two, there's a twofold, <laughs> actually. One, when you beat a game in an arcade, that's a, beginning to middle to end it's easy to say okay what's next I need to play something different which means yeah. you had to have a constant cycle of new beat-em-ups in the arcade to keep you coming back the other thing was that video game home experiences were catching up which meant yeah. that you could just have a beat-em-up experience in your living room with no problems so I was like I think what happened was they were like okay we need to keep people coming back but we need to give them something you can't really get at home which exactly. is where fighters became a big deal oh yeah 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 I mean I feel and then also the last thing I'll say is that the um, with with people wanting to play more video games at home, which is great, the 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 games in the arcades now and at the end of like kind of like the big arcade boom of of the, of the late '90s was like now they had to be a reason to go out and play, like a huge like had to be an event, like Daytona two, you know, sit down arcade cabinet, you know, and this type of stuff you can't ever get at home. So like, or there's there's big light gun games like House of the Dead and, and Time Crisis. Mm-hmm. It's not easily played at home, and it's definitely more fun in an arcade where it's like big screen and all that. So that's that's like you go to like round one and Dave and Buster's now. It's like you can't play these games at home. But do you really want to go out of your way to play them in the arcade? Well, I will say, and because I love how we're like, we just come up with these wacky topics, just natural flow. This is well, beautiful. Yeah, this is a, like, yeah, that's a fun episode. But you think about like when it comes down to like playing games in the arcade that you could have at home. Mm. I will say there is a certain joy to being really good at a game, or at least thinking you're good at a game. Yes, and then playing in an arcade, hoping to draw a crowd. Mm. Because there are def- there have definitely been games yeah. where people like actually gather and go, "What the heck is that guy kind of, doing?" Kind of, kind of the show off, right? Yeah, like yeah. music games make it are good for that. Um, but there were mm-hmm. also certain like platforms that people would notice you playing. Like back in the day, though, it was harder to tell. Like people had to know the game. Yeah, people walk to by walk and be like, up. Oh, maybe it. I'll play this game. Oh, this guy's doing really good. Or maybe I'll play this game. And they're like, oh, they're just like they're they're just like browsing, right? Yeah, yeah. they just see it. But there are there are more spectacle games than there used to be. Mm-hmm. Would make it easier for people to go. What the heck is that dude up to? I mean, like getting good at DDR and pump it up. Like you have to be willing to put yourself in front of people mm-hmm. <laughs> to do that kind of game and to sweat that badly. In a public place. And I still remember the days. It's kind of funny now because mm. I think about like places like Round 1. I don't think I've had a person show up in the year, in the months and years I've been going since Round 1 opened up where people ask to go, what's that guy doing? 
Is he yeah. sweating over a machine? I feel like that stigma's kind of died out. Well, you, you see, I mean, people know what it is now, you know, and, and people have actually also seen like really high level players, like, oh, I'm going to go play all day, you know, like people have seen that stuff now. That is a good point. Yeah. Like, it's less, less, it's more common, it's exposed. Yeah. Whereas I remember in the old days, people were like, what is that weird dude doing? Yeah. Let me trip him while he's dancing. I know. You know all that I used to go stuff. to places that were like, you know, kids' birthday parties would be going on. Oh, you were all about the Chuck E. Cheese dance machine. Oh, I used to go before they opened. Like, the people would be cleaning up the place, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to play Pump It Up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was 25 cents compared to a dollar fifty. I used to go to that place in Smyrna, and uh, uh, and it'd be, it'd be like, like kids' birthday parties around me. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to play this. Um, that's when I first learned ITG, and I was like, this is amazing. Well, I'm going to tell you, I think my favorite experience from back in the day, well, I had two of them. One yeah. I'm, probably, I'm sure I've mentioned on the show in the past was when Anthony and I used to go to the beach. Yeah. And we would get free parking to park on the boardwalk. And the only thing we had to do to keep the parking flowing is keep playing dance games with the arcades because it drew a crowd to her arcade and the two restaurants on the opposite sides of the mm-hmm. arcade. And the other experience I remember enjoying was when I used to play Pump It Up at Dave and & Buster's and Kahunaville. There came a point where people would actually buy me drinks <laughs> to keep playing. Like, this dude is amazing. Here, you want a rum and coke? Here you go, man. Yeah. Just, just put it on the machine. I was getting free alcoholic drinks just mm-hmm. to play dance games, which I admit, there was a part of me I thought they were hoping I'd get drunk and fall. Probably. But all I knew was I was getting free drinks, and I was not falling. Oh, so we're talking about DDR again now, so... Um, <laughs> My next track is from the DDR comic book. No, no, because the opening of the episode, I talked about having some issues um, playing... <laughs> So I, I play a style of charts now called stamina charts. Okay. So like it's almost been like the way the game is now. It's all it's all user generated content. There's really hardly any official content, if any at all, now. And you always like to play, play those tracks where not only do you have to hold the bar and lean back, but you got to run in place for eight minutes yes. and kill yourself basically. <laughs> so yeah, so there's some stuff that's like oh it's just really difficult or it's just really fast. I play the I play the songs that are like eight to ten minutes long, maybe twenty to thirty minutes long, and it's just nonstop. And um, I did not hydrate properly, did not eat properly, and I got very sick right really? after I finished. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> the last time I remember doing that was um, when I got married to Christy, and we had my bachelor party was at Dave and Buster's. Yep. And everybody wanted to buy me shots, shot after shot after shot after shot after shot, and the only game I wanted to play was Pump It Up. Yep. It <laughs> so did not go well. Shots and pump it up. Shots and pump it up. Shots and pump it up. Oh my god. And, I, and the thing that a lot of people so don't factor gross. in is yeah. that it's kind of weird in the sense that mm-hmm. DDR doesn't burn as much calories as traditional exercise, yet I feel as though high-level DDR play exerts your body <laughs> more than most forms of exercise in the amount of time it makes you do what it wants you to do. So I've been doing it long enough now that I know how, I know what it does to my body. And I know, I know how to. I know, I know how to use my body in certain ways. I, I've exercised for a long time too. It's just cardiovascular. Like I can sweat really badly in 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 conjunction with weight training. It's really really good because running is kind of boring, right? Oh yeah. But you want to you want to at some point get your heart rate up so that everything else. That's what made dance games so appealing calories. to me Absolutely. back in the day. But if you're trying to specifically lose weight, doing only that is not. It's not. Effective. It can only take you so far. Essentially, it can only take you so far. On the other hand, though, it is a fun thing to do. Oh, for sure, and it's addictive. Like, it's so addictive. I'm I saying, just keep it, doing it. I'm just saying it more so because I think it goes, stands the reason that due to what it re- it takes from your what it requires of your body, I feel like if you go into it on that level of yeah. play, unaware of it, 
you might end up, you know, kind of surprised by how much of a toll it takes mm. on your body. Like, I'll say that I, I, I do keep playing one because I still love it and there's still stuff out there to do. And, and the community keeps like shrinking and then growing and then shrinking and then growing. It's on like on a whole, it's on a boom right now. Oh, I still play too. It's because, just yeah. I don't play as much only because I have to drive up to the yeah. round one to do what I want to do. Right. And it's like I get there and it's like, well, I'm playing by myself. It's like, I'm tired. And then I'll go with you sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's almost like freaking like Jesse Owens rung against like Peter Griffin, and it's like, all right, here we go, we're gonna do a song, and it's like, okay, I did two songs, like I'm like, tired, come on, man. Come on. I was like, come on, let's do an AT. I was like, I hate you. I just warmed up. No, but it's like Konami's Konami's got new versions out there, and um, even Pump and Amiro pump it up. Um, they they've got new versions coming out. They've embraced K-pop like completely, and so the game is so much more fun now. Hey, hey, hey. there was Banya remixes and stuff were fantastic. They were good, but the 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 way the charts are set up now are a lot more not forgiving. They they're, more, they're dancier. They're more dancier. They make a lot more sense. They can, you can do a lot harder stuff with it. But yeah, so because of that, the 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 crowd and the popularity of the game is back on a high again. Dave and Buster's is like again in Philadelphia, South Philadelphia is again like a mecca for dance gamers again. Wait, wait, what? Because did of, they get pumped back? I don't know if they have if they have pump. It's an older version, but they have DDR the newest DDR Ace. I have to go in and check. I remember when I last time I went there was years ago, but they didn't have DDR anymore. Yeah, they have no. All Dave and Buster's have them now. Almost all of them. I should go check and pay ten dollars yeah. to park my car and then get overpriced watered down drinks. But I went up there on the weekend to do a um, it was like a flea market uh, nearby on the waterfront and in the morning like you just park there for free like, you don't care what in the garage yeah, though yeah that's what I did yeah cause I parked on the street and got that ticket well, that I, 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 I parked on the street and then the security guard came down and I can't believe we're talking about this on the show <laughs> the security guard came down and said just park in the garage man we don't care <laughs> I was like cool like nice this is great because yeah um, Columbus Boulevard there you go a little fine print don't, there don't park on the street you'll get a ticket yeah, they're cleaning up. The, they're cleaning up Columbus Boulevard, sort of. <laughs> get the Christopher out of there. I gotta find a video of us playing in, in University of City Pinball. Oh, I'm sure that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, it does. Don't you say I, that? I found it. Oh, you didn't even look yet. And I know where. It, I, <laughs> I gotta find it. It doesn't exist. I already found it. All right, where'd you look? I'll, I'll show it to you. He uh, stopped the episode <laughs> and then just like went to like its hyperbolic uh, internet right, chamber. Hold the phone. I got this thing. All right, so what is what's your final track? All right, we gotta do this. All right, I think I'm gonna go with this one because I meant meant to get on the show and I'm surprised I never did. This is from the Genesis Batman game. Oh yeah, it's a Naoki Kodaka track. It's the Flugelheim Museum. It is one of the best tracks in the game, and it's a it's a shock that I never got on the show prior really? to now. I, I I don't think I realized that Naoki Kodaka also did the Genesis version of this game. Maybe he didn't, and I'm a real weirdo. But for now, that's what I believe did it.
these awesome things like the trinkets at the arcade and play all kinds of fun time games. We're gonna make it all the best. <laughs> gonna have a good day. Yes, indeed. I wanna let you know that you're hanging out with your friend Perny P. And all we need to have fun is each other inside. Hang out in the, the streets. Get into the car. Gonna drive up the beach. You're listening to the people behind. Museum from the gate. Batman! <laughs> For the Sega Genesis, oh, composed by Naoki Kodaka. That is good. This is a... That is, that is good. This... Oh, I will flat out say that this great. game is not as good as the NES game, but mm. the OST is the stuff of legends. It is. It's on par. Like the, any, the Naoki Kodaka's soundtrack to the NES Batman is one of my favorite Nintendo soundtracks of all time. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think it's probably what got me back... Like. Like, I've always liked game music, but I think it's like it's what really got me, you know, thinking about it and wanting to do this show, you know, because um, it's all I had it on rotation on my iPod all the time, and hearing this now, it's got that same like really heavy like fast beat, really kind of heavy guitar type sound, and then those solos and that melody. Oh, that melody is so good. One day we're going to have a topic where I can get the uh, Axis Chemical Plant theme on here too. Maybe we'll just like the episode topic, chemicals. Chemicals. But, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, but the tri- chemical but that plant track. Zone. <laughs> chemical, chemical. Oh, chemical Brothers from some game. But like, uh, it would be, this is a just legitimate oh, amplitude. There we, it would be from Amplitude. Amplitude, that was it. Yep. But um, yeah, this, like it's just everything about this OST is stellar. The game itself, is a side scroller, and I think one of the weird things about it is like all the characters are like fairly large, like they fill the things, like they fill a good chunk right. of the screen. Well, it was it had depth, right? It was like a beat 'em up that had like you can go in the foreground and in the background. Oh no, no, no! no it, was, it was just it was totally just side scrolling. Oh, okay, okay. I got them. I think I'm thinking of the uh, the, the the Batman and Robin one. I like to not think about the no, Batman no, and Robin. <laughs> God, I hated that game. Um, but like, yeah, this is like a, just a general side score and guys would come in from left and right sometimes with guns and you could punch them or throw batarangs mm-hmm. and, uh, it definitely got cheap in the sense that enemies, there were some moments where enemies would just forever scroll onto the screen if you don't move. Right. So like you kind of just had to keep pressing forward and deal with the fact that they had cheap hits and all that good stuff. <laughs> but, uh, it was fun. I enjoyed playing through it. But like I said, I think the NS game was the far superior of the two games, but this OST deserves all the love it can get. It is Fantastic! And I'm just like it started going, and it was like you and I were just bopping for like a minute, and then he just started singing for like another minute. Because like, it's, it's, it's this is lyrical stuff. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure good. my lyrics were kind of atrocious, but that's part of the fun. It's just part of I'm the not fun. trying to make. I'm not, I'm not trying to get a record deal, folks. I'm trying to be ridiculous. <laughs> trying to break out of the. Just trying to break out of the mold. I'm trying to trying to support my family. God, my kids need wine <laughs> with my VGM karaoke. <laughs> Actually, there it is. How is that? Wait, dig I forgot. I think they did do that. The VGM jukebox did do VGM karaoke, didn't they? Yes, it's uh, VGM karaoke started with the late the Legacy Music Hour, and they created lyrics for the songs. Yeah, they did. They used to have like they used to have like kind of contests. Interesting. Some of them were really good, and then people would call in, call in. They would they would send in their own, and then that's where the the, the well, that's why VGM Jukebox started right, doing it. Because Josh from the VGM Jukebox would, would often submit his own music. Ah, now it makes sense. It. I would say that le- the Legacy Music Hour started it and was doing it for fun. The the VGM Jukebox podcast... Did it for profit. They <laughs> Stop them. Did it for profit. They perfected it. Yeah. Um, uh, Emily uh, Keegliff is fantastic. She's got some really good songs. And it's funny because that's honestly, another thing I have to show you before you leave. Because <laughs> I think it's amazing. Like I've, I've been doing like weird musical things my whole life, but almost every time I sing a song, it involves food. 
<laughs> that, that's usually whether it's whether I'm singing because I'm hungry and I'm about to food eat food, related. or if the topic is of the song is actually food. Mm. It's just a wonderful thing. It's food, easy. Food, 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 it, food. It's um, it's like Rapper's Delight at the end of Rapper's Delight, where he's talking about going to his friend's house to have like dinner, and he just starts <laughs> listing things that he's eating. We're going to go out to the mall to grab ourselves a drink. Me and uh, remember you know Chris, right? Oh, Chris Smith. Oh, he, his he, his he sense of humor is so silly. He perfected that specific type yeah. of singing. We used to think that was so funny in high school, like that. Still funny. That part of Rapper's Delight that we would sit there in like class and be like, I go into my friend's house and. Eat some cake, eat some fries, 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 <laughs> fries, burgers, fries, ice cream, and we would just go on. It's like, and we would just ah, oh. because it's we never got in like too much trouble, but we would we would cause some trouble. We would just start beatboxing, <laughs> and then like I would start beatboxing, and then Chris would start doing like um like circus music. Do, 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 do. See, you had to keep it more subdued. We are our way of getting oh, in trouble was we listen to VHS recordings off of like the Mystical Ninja soundtrack from yeah. the TV. Like, hey, check out this chat. And we're putting this in the Walkman in the back of the room. Like, come, Beret. Go away, Mom. Like, what? What is with these kids? I thought kids were cooler these days. <laughs> Why aren't these kids cool like they're supposed to be? <laughs> Pretty much. Why were you sitting in the principal's office? I was listening to the Mystical Ninja <laughs> 64 so soundtrack in class. Oh, uh, we haven't changed. Why aren't we cool like we're supposed to be? I don't know, man. Too much sugar. All right, I'm going to turn this track down, and we're going to get into the part of the show that we call the bonus round. Bonus round! <laughs> the bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on our theme, and our theme today is comics, games based on comics. Yes. Right. Um, so here's my track from, you know, inspired by famous comic, uh, I don't know, Eddie Murphy, from the, from the famous Eddie Murphy Raw. This is... Undercooked chicken. <laughs> my problem with undercooked chicken. It hurts. All right. No, um, so this is my uh, Marvel Capcom 2 song. I, I had to get it in there. Um, this is the Swamp Stage. Again, they didn't really have themes for the characters. But, you know, it, I think it works for the show because it's half Street Fighter. It does. Half, well, half well, Street Fighter. Each. I mean, I hope it does because you picked for Marvel Capcom, though admittedly that, that was specifically That Venom. was a Venom track, yeah. Um, so this is the Swamp Stage, and this is arranged by... It's called Lord Biff Music. Lord Biff. Lord Biff Music, but it's um, it's I, th I think it's a collection of performers, like inspired uh, by Back to the Future. Yeah, they <laughs> they've they found a um, sports betting statistics book, and now they're making some money, and now they're in charge of the world. Now they can afford it. They make video game music covers. <laughs> no, but seriously, this is a really really good arrangement. I think you're gonna like it. You'll recognize the tune. It's really good, but. I think you'll like it. Marvel Capcom 2, Swamp Stage.
right, that was Marvel Capcom 2, The Cave Stage. Well, it was a swamp. Swamp Stage. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Sorry. That was the Swamp Stage. That was a Swamp Stage from Marvel Capcom 2, arranged by Lord Biff Music. Wasn't that? That was dope, right? Yeah, but I really prefer dope. the cave theme, honestly. It was dope. I got to say, I much prefer the cave stage. Cave, cave stage, how's it go? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm take not... you in a cave. <laughs> dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it. Go gonna on. put you in a cave. No, you ain't. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, but I see, I thought that was really good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, that, that's, that song is really funky. All right, so what is your bonus round track? I actually found a track from a Russian composer, surprisingly. just came out of nowhere, hmm. but he may be a new, it may be a new favorite for me because I like this a lot. It is a cover to the Stage 2 theme from the game Champion Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project, the NES game. Oh. And the composer, the remixer, the cover artist mm-hmm. is named Von Keep. Okay. just shook me up here threw me off my didn't game I know, didn't i threw know. me off my game but i'll find my composure to get through the episode mm. in and of itself so when the song started it was like waka chicka waka chicka waka chicka and you said this is why i chose the song rob <laughs> i was like yeah this is a good track this is good and then it just got more and more awesome but that is the thing i said this is the hook and then i found a youtube video of you from 10 years ago and it's awful <laughs> 
Only that's cool as I had more hair back then. <laughs> I had more of nothing. <laughs> like, I guess, can you, can one have more of nothing? Can one have more of less? Um, I don't know. Wow, I don't think I'm ready to get into that today. <laughs> that's, a, that's a discussion. Yeah. More of nothing. Hmm. But, yeah, my hairline was a, was existent then, just barely. But uh, this track, because I totally <laughs> forgot to re- bring it back in, is the stage is a cover of the Stage 2 theme from the game, Turning Teenage Mutant Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project, done up by our man, Vonky P. It could be pronounced Von Keep or Von Kai P or Vonky P. Point is, this or, is awesome. Or Van Kip. It could be Van Kip. Right. But he is awesome. This track is something that I adored, and I am now listening to other stuff that he has done, because why the heck not? Yeah, really good stuff. So for more information on the artists on the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We're going to have links to their SoundClouds and Bandcamps, YouTubes and other bios, everywhere where you can buy the music and support the artists. Thanks for joining us on episode 16-8, where we kind of talked about comic books, but definitely listened to a lot of great video game music. No, I think about it. We had the the Spider-Man and Superman discussion, mostly. I don't think we (laughs) had too much actual comic chat. Yeah, uh, we talked about Turtles for a little while. I never talked about. Oh, we didn't talk about the Cam Turtles on recording. No, that's right. We just we were just talking about them. We talked about Raphael and stuff. Yeah. And for the record, I think it's amazing how when when I was a kid. All the kids thought Michelangelo was the best turtle, and then as you become an adult, you're like, no, it was Donatello or Leonardo. Most like, for me, Leonardo. As even, let me rephrase that. All the kids thought Michelangelo was the cool one as a kid. Right. And while I also did, I liked Donatello the most as a child because he was the smart turtle. I know, but, but then w- as I became an adult, mm-hmm. I was like, no, clearly Leonardo was the best turtle. But Michelangelo was the party dude, and without, without the soul of the team... You know, they're just boring. They, they don't they don't have any direction. Well, they all brought something to the table. Someone had to get them into trouble. And Pretty that, much. That Michelangelo was, was here to get them into... Then get, gotta get those adventures, Pernell. That's oh, why but, you're with me. Well, party to, dude. Well, if it was up to Michelangelo, <laughs> they had all been fat and living in the sewers and unable to get up when the time when time struck to actually do anything worth yeah. doing. Because Michelangelo did, was the party pizza consumer. Yeah. They all like pizza, but Michelangelo mm. really liked pizza. I would say, like, if your diet is, like, 98% pizza, you just, uh, you're not going to do too well. I mean, maybe turtles have different kind of metabolism. Maybe the ooze. All that ninja work. Yeah, the ninja work. Hmm. And who do you think kept them on top of that, aside from Master Splinter? Shredder. No. I'm pretty sure... Casey Jones. No. Um, the, the lady mm. in that show. No, Irma did not. Irma. Was it? Was it April? Yes, it was April. April. A- O'Neill. O'Neill. Wow. Okay, that came out of nowhere. I can't believe I, can't believe I remembered that. Maybe she's like one of the most iconic characters I from know. the comic and I, the show. Okay. Okay. Let me name all the turtles. All right. You ready? All right. You have Raphael, Amirgo Vespucci. <laughs> I was gonna make a dumb joke, but you just beat me to it. <laughs> Emilio Estevez. There you go. All right. Famous explorers. <laughs> This was a famous explorer. <laughs> He's, he discovered the, the. He discovered that really cool world. restaurant on Fifth and Market. He did. He tweeted it out. It, Saved us a lot of trouble. You follow Emilio Estevez on Twitter? He a surprisingly a, a surprising amount of ninja work on his Twitter feed. I believe it. Yeah. 
I believe it because I've seen it. Oh my god. It's been a night, guys. And then it just got worse. <laughs> I mean, I just, yeah. So, um, for more, if you'd like to get... Otherwise, it just got yeah. worse. Like, what happened? I just sprayed my ankle. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I just pooped myself. You know, we've been sitting. Um, okay, if you want to get in contact with us, if you want to say hi, if you, um, if you have a question, we can answer them, you know. I don't be don't mind. Send us an email. Rhythmandpixels <laughs> at hotmail.com. <laughs> for more information on our show, if you want a track listing from all of our episodes and links to all of the other stuff that we're doing, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Um, if you want to check us out on social media, like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, it's Facebook. All one <laughs> It's Rhythm and Pixels. What is happening to you? <laughs> My brain broke like a, 10 minutes ago. Um... It's uh, Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. You can find us there. You can, you know, say hello there, and we'll actually be like, we'll, we'll say hey, hi back. It's we no, will. No big deal. You can even tell us who you're, you know, uh, tell us about those decent Superman games, or your favorite garbage pail kid. Or your favorite Ninja Turtle. I'd like to know that. That would make an interesting poll. Facebook algorithms would also like to know. <laughs> yes, they would. That they're already listening. Amazon.com. Right. We, we know you were looking for Donatello. <laughs> Donatello shell polish. <laughs> shell polish. It's for your shoes now. Um, if you'd like to support the show, um, wherever you're listening to us from, go ahead and hit the subscribe button or leave a comment. That's always appreciated. Tell your friends. Or just tell your friends. That's really the way to do it. Um, if you'd like to support us in other ways, go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels and you can... Um, support us there. All the money there goes towards um, new equipment. It goes towards file hosting. Also on, on Patreon.com, if you're a member, you get access to a monthly live stream. I think we're going to do our next one uh, next week, or maybe it'll be this week. But um, we'll be posting about that on Facebook if you are a member. we also like to thank all of you at the end of every one of our shows. So we would like to thank first Brian Kunkel. Thank you so much, so, so much for your continued support of our show, as well as Alex the Messenger 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 uh, steven miller a new supporter thank you thank you very much um the autistic gamer also a new supporter thank you cameron worma coming through coming through love that guy awesome dude christopher strench shenstrom man you know what it's not your name it's me <laughs> shenstrom yo chris Thanks. Uh, just gonna call him Yo Chris from now on. Uh, Damian Beckles, also a longtime supporter. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Wicked Sephiroth, longtime member of the VGM like community. I guess we would call it a community online. Thank it's you. It's a community. It's a fantastic. Yeah, community. really, really cool people. Thank you so much, Wicked Sephiroth. I thank you. Uh, okay, Impala. Thank you. Thank uh, you, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes Three Podcast. We met that guy. You met that guy. I missed him. I'm still at you. Know, you were moving and grooving. I was he looking, was moving and grooving. I was moving and grooving and looking for him. Um, I want to thank Henrik Anderson, host of the Camouflage Commodore 64 podcast. He actually said he would listen to. He would watch a live, not live stream, but a, a, a was like a Twitch stream. Mm-hmm. Though I'm still trying to figure out how the heck to do one well. Uh, well, we want to thank uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Uh, his most recent episode um, is all about the AY sound chip, and he's got some really, really good music from the things like, A sound chip. Yeah, from the Intellivision system. Like he found some really cool stuff. So really cool new episode. Check him out. We want to thank Brian Pitt, Morton Gangso, Chris Murray. Yeah. Changing it up now. <laughs> we met that guy. We met that guy. I like Chris. Uh, well, thank Jupiter Jazz, a uh, new supporter. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Soulless Sanctuary, thank you very much for listening to the show and, and um, helping support us. Uh, John Jekyll, Joe Vasallo, 
Chris Steenerson and David Smith. All awesome people. All awesome people. Uh, David Smith's been a supporter for a very long time. So we, we do very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, and I think that's it. It's so podcast on the table. <laughs> um, the end of this week, that will be January 27th. And uh, again, in South Philadelphia at the South Street Cinema on South Street on January 27th. It's a Sunday at 2 p.m. You'll see us there. It's the Everything is Awesome Podcast and Comedy Festival. Everything's great when you're part of the team. Yeah, so come if you want to if you want to check us out and want to support us there. It's I think it's free. You just come. It's it's a uh, it's it's a fundraiser. You grab a beer. You can yell at the stage while we're up there. We might yell back. I think we will. It's we're, we're our plan is to get stupid. It's gonna be a good time. Wiggity wiggity. So check us stupid. out. There's a lot of other great podcasts from Philadelphia. Um, none of them are, are video game music, or I don't think any of them are video game related. They're mostly like movie and TV shows so and stuff, like we're, pop culture. Which means we're totally filling a unique niche. Yes, we 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 need to be there for now. <laughs> Without us, who'll talk about the games? But we'll be there. Um, it's going to get recorded, but I I know we can release it as an episode. I'm just not sure how soon it will come out. So that'll be something cool to look forward to. Um, that's all I've got. Um, thank you for listening to Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thanks again for listening and have a safe week. And remember, life, God, I feel like, I feel like every week lately, life is just getting weirder and weirder, rougher and rougher. But honestly, escapism is a fantastic thing where you can keep it under wraps and do it just right. You know, just enough to take your mind off of things, but not too much that people start calling wondering where the heck you are. But uh, comic books are a fantastic way to go about that escapism and just kind of delving into a fantastic, well-drawn, and well-written world of superheroes and super people doing super things for super or or not-so-super people. And also just sometimes just letting yourself kind of be a part of the story. Like, you know, I could be a superhero too. And for the record, if you just have that aspect of your life where you do want to make that decision to decide you want to feel like a superhero or think like a superhero, tell us. What kind of superhero you think you would be? Because that's just a general thing I would love to hear. Dangerous, I think Rob would dangerous too. territory. No, it's amazing territory. I want to hear what all of our listeners think they would make as great superheroes. What kind of superhero would you be? But the point is, to the actual message, you know, enjoy escapism responsibly. You know, don't let people goat you or you know jerk you around to make you think that list, liking comics and stuff like that is like childish or whatever. Because the only real thing that's childish is making yourself grow up. And that's mm. a fact, Jack. Damn. I'm sticking to it. Yeah! It's a fact, Jack. <laughs> and Raphael is cruel but rude. And Michelangelo is a party dude. <laughs> new the turtles. That is not how it goes. That's not the pitch. I know how it goes. I just jokingly messed it up there. Don't hate me. It's on purpose. <laughs>